Hey everyone. So, I know it's been a while since the last episode. Basically, the plague descended upon the entire house here. And uh, you might be able to check out my voice. I still have a cold, but I'm back, nonetheless. And uh, a couple of weekends before the illness, I drove down to Burlington, Vermont, and uh, I did a couple of really great in-person interviews. Um, Now, because they were done out of studio, the sound quality can be a little shaky here and there. I'm still working on my on-the-road setup, so please accept my apologies for some minor sound issues. Hopefully they're minor. Anyway, one of the interviews was with Tyson and Miranda from the Future Wave band Fantastic Plastics. The band also includes Dylan who works on synth and drum backing tracks from home. I first heard about this group on the subgenius radio show Hour of Slack, and I was instantly in love with their Devo-like sound. I've included some sample songs from their 2015 album, Devolver, in the interview. I also went to their show, and it's a lot of fun to see them live. They will also be at the... 2016 devotional in Cleveland this Friday the 19th of August. It's the ultimate Devo gathering and uh, if I were in Cleveland I would definitely be there. And if that's not thrilling enough they also will be touring soon with the Svetlanas and Queers and uh, that should be an interesting show for sure. And if your mind is not completely blown already Their popular song, Overtime, has been featured in a preview for an upcoming movie starring Perez Hilton. It's called Viral Beauty. So links to all these things are, of course, in the show notes. And uh, stay tuned now because we're going to be going into a musical interview with the Fantastic Plastics. Jesus. Rule number one, lock the door. And rule number two, take off your clothes. Sounds familiar. You can't wear anything heavy or anything with zippers. Nothing metallic. Clee left his sunglasses on once. When he transferred, almost ripped his ears off. Now this is the transfer control unit. The white lights are always on. That indicates the unit has power. These are the activating switches that are thrown in sequence. And then you wait for the corresponding lights to come on. And that means that the unit has been phased or it's ready to go. This is the transfer bar. Just need to press it lightly, but you'll see when I do it, okay? Behind these panels are all the adjustment rods. They're used to keep each unit in tune with the other. They control the lag time and the extent of penetration into the future. And you can put your hands to your knees and keep them there. And relax.
So uh, welcome to the show, guys. Thank you for having us. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you guys are the fantastic plastics. I guess, first of all, I- I'm interested to know like what, what prompted you to choose that name, the fantastic plastics. I, I honestly don't remember uh, the whole story, but <clears throat> I know it was sort of inspired by uh, uh, Andy Warhol's fantastic plastic I can't remember the full name of it. Sorry, I, I, I haven't thought about this a while, in a while, but uh, I knew I just wanted a name that sort of that rhymed, or uh, and it would just be easy to remember. And I had a I've had a habit through the years of having band names that had um, some sort of adjective followed by a noun. It started as kind of a joke with another band I was in that we, we were called the Kilowatts, and then some other band came along and said they had the name first we had it spelled slightly different and they sent us like a cease and desist letter so i just put the word amazing in front of it oh there you go (laughs) fine you can be the kilowatts but we're going to be the amazing kilowatts the amazing kilowatts (laughs) the super super special kilowatts yeah i was kind of hoping it would turn into an arms race but it it never got any further further than that the fantastic plastics that started off when in 20 i think so i think of the band as having two Sort of phases, two, two like, phases, uh-huh. yeah, two lives. Uh, so, like, I, I want to say it must have been late 2009, 2010 is when Dylan and I first started actually playing and calling it the Fantastic Plastics, and then it it started evolving, and then um, and then I think we figured out today on the way up here we we're trying to figure it out. We must have started in December of 2012 was our mm-hmm. first show um, as with the, the Fantastic Plastics yeah. with with Miranda and I, and that was at the Cake Shop in New York. And that was right at the end of the year. And so we pretty much, phase two started in 2013. But what were some of your musical inspirations? Um, by the time I got around to doing the Fantastic Plastics, it was definitely I was definitely really into this band. Live, I knew I wanted a look. Like, I knew I wanted a look and a sound to match it. And I was really into um, this band called Manor Astroman and another band called Servotron, which is kind of a sister band to Manor Astroman. And of course, I was really in, into Devo and other 80s New Wave, so I just was looking to combine those elements. And I and I love New Wave and I love Devo, but I've also had this like more punk, upbeat aesthetic. And so I wanted to make sure that you know the songs were probably going to be a little faster, a little grittier. And um, but I just wanted to bring the fun into it as well. Yeah, it's, it's definitely fun. I mean, uh, looking at your guys's costumes and your guy—I mean, I, j- even just the video—if you go online. And if you look at uh, the video, we are obsolete. It's just hilarious. Some of the costumes involved and some of the effects. And uh, Miranda, you were involved with the costume design from, I guess, from the beginning. Yeah, um, actually, Tyson has been in a few other bands before this, and I was making costumes for that, um, for those bands. And so it kind of just evolved into me being in the band, and now I make our costumes, which actually we call them uniforms now <laughs> we don't call them costumes and just recently i i saw a post in your instagram where you guys were touting your new uniforms yeah yeah we're trying i'm trying to add a lot to our wardrobe so that um, we have a tour coming up so we want to mix it up so we don't look exactly the same every time but it's the same kind of retro futuristic aesthetic miranda what are some of your like musical interests or or rather some of your inspirations um we have a pretty similar, I guess, similar taste in music. So, but I've always been um, really into more synth 
an electronic music, I guess. Um, I don't know. <laughs> so I, I like it more 80s, I guess. So like Gary Newman and the Cars and and things that use a lot of bands that use a lot of synthesizers and and I, I guess a little less rock influence. Like Tyson's um, influenced a lot by like grunge and rock, and I think that's the sound that we have that together is like I have I play the synth and the theremin and then Tyson plays the guitar and, and so it's like we bring those two elements shows that stand out like or have there ever been any like major disasters or uh, equipment explosions or you know uh, uh, injuries nosebleeds uh, uh, accidental mean, death not really we had one like really bad spilled drink on stage one time but um the most interesting one that comes to mind is uh we played south by southwest um unofficially i guess um at this place that was outside and had like a gravel ground and we we were playing like on that ground and um it was with a lot of other punk bands so there were all these you know punk kids there and we started playing and they were like dancing and moshing around and the dust started rising up like eye level <laughs> and we could feel like i could feel the dust all over the keyboard ah. and, and tyson could feel it in the guitar and it's and people were getting like really close to us because usually we're on some sort of stage and there's like a separation there but it was getting people were getting so close that they were like knocking into the keyboard and the microphone and it yeah. was like a little scary for a minute there the, but the energy was good yeah but at the, the same yeah, time good, we're kind of like good energy but we're like what's gonna happen it's just kept getting like more and more so that's the only thing i can really yeah, think and of. we were wearing our all-white uniforms yeah, yeah. And when we got done we were like brownish yellow like pig pen you know? from yeah yeah <laughs> that's Brown. exactly what it was like yeah. <laughs> Getting back to your your point about the horror stories on stage, so live uh, right now anyway, we don't use live bass or drums. So uh, I sing and play guitar. Miranda sings, plays synthesizer and theremin, and then the uh, bass and drums come off backing tracks. So mm -hmm. that's Dylan's contribution. Most most of his parts are done through the video and the backing tracks, and so every show is the potential for disaster is so high because if we go to a place with uh, a bad sound system or a place that doesn't have monitors or if someone spills something you know like we're dead in the water i mean we could we could make music but it would be it would be missing the dancey elements of what we do in the bay you know so every show is like we never get stressed out about getting on stage and playing in front of people we're just like holy i shit. hope it sounds okay yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i hope we can hear because that's the other thing we have to be able to hear the drums and the bass to play along with it so right if we so can't if they don't have it, a monitor then what are yeah. you going to do right yeah, are you going to get some some echoey thing that you can't work with yeah it's hard you got to just kind of turn the speakers so it so, it's, so you get spoiled so in playing shows in brooklyn and manhattan like every 
club show has pretty much the same PA setup. They always have really good monitors. They usually have good speakers, a subwoofer. You know, you don't bring you don't bring anything to shows in New York. You bring your instruments and that's it because they want to roll everything's turnover. They don't want any downtime. And they've and not only that, but they've probably got their sound system set up and they don't want you messing with it. Like that's you just right. plug in, right? That's right. Yeah. And you just do a quick line check and you play. There's not a big transition time between bands. But then you go on the <clears throat> go on the road like we went to Austin and we're going to these shows. We don't know what we're what's going to be there when we show up, you know? So it's always a little, a little bit of added stress, unnecessary, but that's, that's part of, it's part for the the course. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I guess it's not as bad as that scene from the blues brothers where they start throwing (laughs) bottles at you. Right. That's not happened yet, but (laughs) we've had that fear because we do, we have played a lot with punk bands and, and we're not necessarily punk, but maybe in a different way, the way that like Blondie or Devo can be considered punk. But, um, but I know the, one of the first times we we opened for like an Irish punk band at Union Hall in Brooklyn, and they were all they looked a little like the crowd looked a little surly, I guess you could say, and we're like, what are they going to think of us? We're wearing these like space costumes, and we have like <laughs> with wigs. Yeah, we have like you know this kind of crazy look, and we actually ended up winning them over, I guess you could say, because a lot of them came up to us afterwards, and and I, I just this sticks out in my mind. Um, this guy who had like all tattoos and a mohawk and everything. He was like, that was weird, but good. <laughs> weird in a good way. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> I liked that description a lot. So, um, We get a lot of that. Like, yeah. um, I think that's what works for us though, especially when we do these, especially these all punk bills where we're in the middle because it's sort of a break from what is going on. You know what I mean? It gets to be... It can it can hurt your head after a while. It's just too many, you know, too many like uh, military uh, military jackets and yeah. Well, not shiny not even boots. that, but just if you if you're <laughs> on a bill where there's just a bunch of the same style of bands mm-hmm. that kind right. of blur together, so we we somehow provide a, a, a little bit of a break. But but the what I, similar to hers, I a guy came up to us. At, I can't remember if it was in Austin or where, but same thing. He goes, I didn't want to like you guys, <laughs> but I like you guys now. Austin. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I'm thinking Austin. Good. But like Austin's kind of like the the bastion of uh, of weird in mm-hmm. Texas. I mean, the yeah. rest of Texas is kind of like it's weird, but in sort of a you know kind of a maybe a, a little more of a creepy way. Uh, yeah, like it's like I don't know. Like in Austin, it's like you can let your weird fly, yeah. but I mean, in the rest of uh, Texas, I'd imagine it could be beer bottles hitting the could it, be hitting the know. fence. <laughs> <laughs> Sylvain Sylvain for the New York Dolls was there at our at our set, and then he ended up jumping on stage and playing with a Cheetah Chrome from the Dead Boys at the end of the night. So that was it's a cool memory to take away, you know, some wow. rock legend, you know, action <laughs> in the house. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. So definitely. 2001 a space odyssey has been a huge influence for the band the whole time, especially for the costumes, you know, and um we've been really thinking about it because we we binged watch uh stranger things and um on netflix I don't, I don't know if you've had a chance to see it but it's essentially it's a new show it's like a mini series it's eight episodes but it's shot written everything about it is supposed to look like a steven spielberg movie uh from the 80s and so it's a lot of close encounters of the third kind et there's some goonies thrown in uh a few other references and sort of with a stephen king script and it's just bringing back flooding all these memories and and seeing all this inspiration that we clearly have today from it but hadn't really articulated with ourselves it's just 
because you know decades go by and you're just sort of building up who you are as a person you didn't realize that man these things had a monumental impact in uh who we are creatively especially but but yeah 2001 a space odyssey is probably the most the most key and then lyrically we've read a lot of uh, william gibson novels and okay. uh, so like the neuromancer tr- uh, trilogy specifically like um on our record there's a song called under the knife that's based on the M- mona lisa overdrive right um, and so yeah so there's definitely you know we're, we're pulling those in heavily <laughs> a hard read and i think it was written to be a hard read on purpose there's, yeah, there's like certain vocabulary and th- you don't know what he's talking about you kind of just have to read it and go and then <laughs> yeah and you sort of you make up a definition for a lot of it right like he's purposely his style is to be purposely vague but the interesting thing is we fought through it it took us a long time to read neuromancer and then we finished the trilogy and we finished the trilogy then neuromancer made more sense so we went back and then mm-hmm. reread neuromancer yeah. and That's it was such a it. better yeah it was such yeah. a better read like we got so much more out of it uh, the second time after but that's that's a commitment like not everybody yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wants to commit to reading three fairly very long books too like the whole cyber space like it, it kind of like i know a lot of things were influenced by that like the matrix right and um because it was at the very beginning of talking about cyberspace and the new one new and new exactly what the internet no one knew exactly what the internet was going to be at that point you know so and i think william gibson gets a lot of credit for sort of being way out front and inventing a lot of this stuff and i think he was right about a lot of it but i think also because he wrote in such a vague style it's easy to go back you know hindsight's 2020 and say man he had you know he picked out all this stuff that happened that's real but he's probably laughing thinking like geez i just you know wrote three or four words you know that made no sense and people right yeah connected dots that may not have existed but but that's the beauty of like a great author can create that world you know how did you guys meet up anyway because originally the band was was just tyson and the keyboardist uh dylan how how did you guys meet up? Um, I don't know. We met a long time ago, like in 1998 or 99, and um, just through mutual friends. And I ended up being in one of his bands, but not playing or singing anything. I was like, a, we were backup dancers, me and another friend that actually introduced me to Tyson. And we wore costumes and matching wigs, and we did choreographed dances to all the music. And it was like a one-man band that Tyson had called Analog Saves the Planet. <laughs> it turned into like a, like a circus sideshow thing almost, or a carnival act. It was, it was, it was cool. We had... Uh, Miranda and her friend Denise would dance, and then we had a guy that would come up and just play a triangle in one song, and it was, it was kind of an event. Just one note. <laughs> yeah, just one note. He'd stand the there the end. whole time, like, <laughs> building tension when he was going to finally hit the triangle, you know. It was a lot of fun, but it, I think it's kind of like the predecessor of Fantastic Yeah, it's the first proto Plastic. version yeah. of this. It's gone through a couple phases. There was Analog Saves the Planet, and then Mandroid, Destroyers of the Human Race. Which I made these kind of, like, robot costumes for Tyson and Dylan. They were, like spandex and <laughs> metallic and, and armor and yeah, cod like pieces armor. And, yeah so this is like it, i mean the visual component's a big deal i remember uh why, listening to um hour of slack and they were talking about um i mean the visual show is like a huge part of it and actually i remember the the video for we are obsolete there's actually two 
girls dancing mm-hmm. with wigs is that, yeah. are you one of them yeah i am that um that was actually part of like a documentary or mockumentary that dylan made about the band and that that's actually how we met dylan right yeah. he um he was a videographer yeah. he was making like independent tv shows and and yeah he made this documentary about analog saves the planet and it's pretty funny <laughs> it's a little embarrassing too, yeah but it was like 99 2000 maybe early that 2000s came out. i think so yeah. that was but it's on clips. youtube now so Anybody can watch it. Is the whole thing? Oh, he did put the whole yeah. thing on there. Yeah, it's about. It's hard for us to watch because yeah. <laughs> you know it's, <laughs> it's, so, it's yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. And I mean, some of your show. I mean, it reminds me of when I was growing up. I would sometimes watch these groups called Guar. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you ever heard of that group? Yeah. yeah, multiple times. My old old band was supposed to open for them, and the shows. And I. To this point, looking back, the shows probably were never, it was probably fake, but I remember we were going to play at the theater in Peoria and we were supposed to be the opening act and the show got canceled because they couldn't, they couldn't deal with the fake, fake piss and blood. Like the venue could not like, the insurance wouldn't cover it in case, yeah, the clean up in case someone slipped in it and all this. It's it's fake though. I know, definitely it's fake, but like the claim was that, that, you know, the liability that like would make the floor slippery basically and then the mess, but to this day, like I, looking back, knowing the guy that was going to book the show, I think he might have made the whole thing up. <laughs> you know, like oh, I'm gonna get them; they're gonna come, and like, oh, they couldn't come. You know, like <laughs> trying to get cool points or something. I think they have a female lead singer now. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, oh, that's the last I've heard about them, but yeah, I think they. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah I just remember because I. I thought I, I saw an episode of Beavis and Butthead where they were mm-hmm. they would talk yeah. about Guar all the time. <laughs> yeah. 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 Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> but what's cool about Guar, like fast forwarding to today is there's some acts now doing these kind of like we saw this thing called Kaiju Big Battle and there's some other bands that do like sort of kaiju themed bands where they wear these giant foam rubber costumes when they play and it's very guar. Like guar in a weird way was sort of ahead of its time. Um with the with the costumey shows, you know. Repeating and 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 repeating and
uh, early on. I, I only played it for like 30 minutes. I'm like, I'm not going to do this. But I noticed that the company was Niantic. It's the same company. So long story short, as I'm getting around to it, it's the same game. It's Ingress. They just put a skin on top of it, licensed Pokemon. And now this game that was a failure that they sunk a ton of money into, they didn't have ah. to pay very much at all to make this game the biggest iOS game in the world or the biggest you know mobile game. So now I want to go back and play Ingress because I looked over the years they've upgraded it and made it more interesting. But Oh, okay. Uh, that's, so. that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm totally, totally addicted to uh, Pokemon Go. What level Go. are you now? <laughs> yeah, what level trainer are you? I'm, I'm level 13 oh, so wow, far. Oh, that's good. But I can't play it down here because... Uh, it costs my, you a fortune. Yeah, oh, yeah. like this, the mobile chart, like the mobile the fees. The data thing. The data yeah. would be crazy. Mm-hmm. I, I gotta stop myself. I'll mm-hmm. try. Are you guys are touring touring right now? Like, uh, do you guys like tour all year round, or are you just doing the su- the summer thing? Actually, this tour that we're doing uh, in September uh, with the queers and the Svetlanas um, up and down the East Coast that'll be our first official tour. What we mostly do is weekend getaways. So oh, okay. this is just a weekend thing, you know. And then um, in a couple of weeks, we're going to the Devo thing in Ohio, the Devotional 2016. And uh, so we do a lot of those, and then you know shows locally in Brooklyn and Manhattan. But uh, this will be our first official tour because it's tough uh, stra- straddling the line between having careers you know full-time jobs and then getting away and doing this i mean it's not ton i mean i know bands you know go out for 300 days a year but for us it's a a big step up and it's pretty cool our label has this tour every year called the uh upstart festival and uh usually it's a group of bands on the label and some that are friends with the label and such and they go up and down the east coast so it's good they gave us a great slot and um when i was in high school i thought the queers were a great band they were kind of a proto green day they sort of like proto I, I like that word lately but they they uh you know they they busted out around the same time they were a little ahead of the curve they never got really famous but they had a couple hits that if you hear you'd be like okay i, I, I know who they are and so it's cool to see them still playing and like to get to to go on a tour for you know a couple of weeks with them is going to be a blast. That is that is really cool. That is amazing. Reliving '90s fantasies, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or not reliving, living out '90s fantasies. I mean, is there anything that like you guys have learned, or is there any like life changing or 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 something that that really enriched your lives? It's a it's a hokey question, but see what you can do with it. Especially now in the modern age where there's so much for people to do right like people's attention spans are super short to put up a video online that's you know more than 15 seconds to get someone to watch it's a miracle right to get someone to listen to an entire song is a miracle to get someone to do anything because there's constant distractions there's a million other things you can do so when we play a show and whether it's five people or 500 people that show up it's just it like fills me with like warmth and joy and just i feel so good because those people are spending their time which is like the most precious thing ever right like and especially as you get older into your adulthood and your career like the way you slice up your time is so precious so for someone to come sit there and watch us for 45 minutes just that that means a lot and it really makes everything worthwhile all the all the crap that goes along with it kind of folds off because now i'm focused on those people and i want to make sure that they enjoy their experience you know because it's precious so uh, is there a, i mean miranda is there anything that uh, you deep or meaningful that you take from this uh that tickles the cockles of your soul yeah very i am on the same page as what tyson said um just anytime anyone comes up to us or posts on our social media how much they enjoyed our show or how much they like our album or anything like that like it's 
it's amazing to reach somebody on that level because as Tyson said, like everyone has a million things they could look at or, or like, or go to and to have, like, you know, have them spend any amount of time, um, enjoying what we create, um, because we enjoy it so much is, is amazing. And yeah, I think, um, some of the shows I've enjoyed the most playing are where we play all ages shows. So people can like bring their kids or like we played a couple in Austin and we have in Illinois and, um, some of our big fans are kids, like little kids and, and they come up to us and they wanted us to like, um, sign. We actually have a, a graphic novel that our friend drew and it's, um, all each chapter is a song from our album and all of the dialogue all of the words are are lyrics from the songs and so um you know we sell that in our merch along with our cds and everything and the the kids really liked that and and wanted us to sign it and and yeah i don't know kids are great too because they're so free of like you know up until about 12 or 13 (laughs) yeah and they're not like really worried about what people think about them like you know too many people the shows are like trying to be it, cool. it takes them almost till <laughs> yeah. the end to warm up to us because they're yeah. like looking around to see if anybody else thinks it's going to be okay to like this weird band where kids are just like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, kids are like, whatever man this yeah. is awesome it's bright it's shiny it's making me dance it's yeah. happy <laughs> so guys thanks so so much for being on the show thank yeah, you thank so you. much Sean. Super, super thanks to Tyson and Miranda for being on the show. I'll include links to their Facebook and Bandcamp pages in the show notes. Beginning theme music for this episode is, as always, by Chromatics Music, and it's used with permission. All music to this episode, except for that beginning theme, is by The Fantastic Plastics, and it's on their 2015 album, Devolver. Of course, the HAL 9000 sound comes from the movie 2001 Space Odyssey. And the funky bit with the matter transference beam comes from this great 1973 film called Idaho Transfer. And just for the uninitiated, in order to get onto the matter transference beam, you have to take off your pants. Please consider leaving a nice review or five-star rating over at iTunes for this show. So thanks so, so much for listening, and I hope you'll be back next time.